Pod, everyone. I'm Chelsea Poe, and I'm here with one of like my most talented friends since age. You like changed so much in the lesbian porn game, and I can't believe that you're like a collaborator with us at Trouble Films now, and like we get to just like like you text me occasionally, and it just still goes through my mind like, what the fuck? <laughs> Welcome <laughs> to the podcast. Oh, hello. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> I feel like we haven't talked in a minute, probably not since literally AVN before the pandemic is the last time we like yeah. sat AVN down for more 20... than 15 minutes. Yeah, it would have been AVN 2020, I think. Or were you there? You were yeah. there. Yeah, I was yeah, sitting, yeah, okay. I was sitting next to you. Yeah, that's right. Think... That's right. No, sorry. I was just getting yeah. into the previous year and the stuff that we had done together and da 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 da. it all kind of blends together but yeah yeah, you've you've done so much like the way I viewed you when I came into this industry like you were in Belladonna's strap dykes and like I feel like you just changed the way lesbian porn was perceived because I feel like so much before it was still so much like these stereotypes about oh the girls in lesbian porn don't actually fuck each other they're not actually gay they don't act they like have fake fingernails and then you were like the first femme to like wear a strap on and just like fuck the shit out of girls <laughs> really hard so I just want to like hear how you like got into the industry and like where you're from because are you from SoCal originally yes yeah uh so well I mean I was I was born in northern California in the redwoods um okay and it, but I was only there till I was like five five and a half. Um, mm-hmm. and then my family moved to Southern California. So I'm from like a very, very small isolated desert town, um, in Southern California that is like an hour and a half ish away from LA. So it's mm-hmm. like LA adjacent, but it's crazy how depending on where you are, you know, an hour and a half away from LA looks like the middle of fucking nowhere. Um, yeah, truly <laughs> in the middle of desert and just like not anyone around. Yep. And that was the little town that I grew up in. Um, so let's see. <laughs> so that's where I'm from. Definitely, you know, my dad would take me into LA sometimes when I was young and it was such a, uh, like I wanted that, you know, coming from this yeah. really small town, I was like, look at this, this big city. And, you know, it seemed so like sexy and romantic. Um, yeah, and so here we are, you know, decades later, and I fucking hate that city. <laughs> yeah, I hate LA so much. I'm going I there literally it. this afternoon, and I'm like, okay, so the awards are Thursday. I can leave Friday then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, you know, some people love that that city, and, and that's cool. I don't want to, they're not wrong for loving it. It's just not my cup of tea, and the traffic, and the heat, and ugh. Yeah, it's just like an hour in a car, no matter where you go. No I'm just matter like not where. that kind of person. No. So were you living in your small town when you like first got into porn or did you move to? Yeah, no, I, I was. Um, well, okay. So basically like I, I, I knew I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to do, to work in entertainment and be an entertainer. Um, mm-hmm. Probably from the time I was, you know, like five years old or the time I like first comprehended of what that meant. Um, For sure. I was always in uh, theater productions, as in community theater, any opportunities at the school. Um, and then when I was in high school, I was in like show choir. So singing and dancing and took dancing classes. And I just loved that stuff. I love being on stage. Um, and, you know, around the, around puberty time, I was also had like raging hormones and I was feeling very sexual. I. I didn't have very much sexual experience by the time I, you know, got into porn. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I just knew that 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 form of like sexual entertainment was something that just kind of like locked in and fell into place for me in a way that made a lot of sense. Um, So, you know, when I was 18, I was looking in the backs of like LA Weekly magazine. They're like city magazines. And um, you know, this was 2002, I think. And I, um, it was a very long time ago and the internet looked like a totally different place. And so I was still, I was like, basically, yeah, I was just calling these, these phone numbers in the backs of these magazines, looking for nude models. 
Um, and I was like, I'd like to do this. And then, you know, they'd tell me the address somewhere in LA and I would write down directions by hand. Like they would, I would be like, how do I get there? <laughs> and they'd be like, well, you're going to get on this freeway and then you're going to go West on this freeway. You know what I mean? And I had to like write it down step by step. Wow. Yes, this was the olden days. No, freaking, so, I didn't uh, have a cell phone. I guess it makes sense that that's where you entered the industry. Like that feels so 90s still to me, but like, if yeah. you're like, if you came up in your porn career during the mid 2000s, it makes sense. But I just always assume like, oh yeah, it's all digital already. There was oh, like no. all this stuff that existed. Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> so uh, what sort of stuff yeah. made you want to do that in the first place? Were you just like very aware that it was like the medium that just connected for you? Or did you see porn that you were like, okay, this is my shit. I want to do this. That's, you know, it's so fucking long ago now. It's really hard to say. Um, but I will say that, again, you know, the access that people have now that, that you had when you were, you know, getting interested in wanting to do it did not exist. So like the porn that, that I would have even seen is like, man, okay, so I think when I was in middle school, you know, some friends, I had two guy friends, they were like family friends, and we were the same age, and they found a box of porn in the <laughs> desert somewhere. And it had some VHS tapes in it. And it was the sneaky thing. And they're like, come in the room tonight and we'll watch this porn, you know? And I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. I want to see this porn, you know? And like, that's how we, that's how I saw porn. <laughs> what was your reaction to it when you first saw it? Um, it was, you know, man, like if it was my adult brain seeing these children watching <laughs> porn, uh, I, it was just like the, the hormones that were like raging through that room of, you know, 13 year old boys and girls. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but at the time I was just kind of like, you know, it, it, it wasn't appealing to me. It didn't look sexy. Um, real, it was yeah. old, you know, it was like early nineties or maybe eighties. Um, so big curly hair. And I remember <laughs> the man like left his floppy weird socks on for the whole thing. And it was just like awkward for me watching that. Um, so it was certainly, I wasn't like inspired in that moment by mm -hmm. any means. <laughs> <laughs> it was just something I saw. And then like talking about internet porn, it was more like, um, you know, I had a 14K modem. So I would look up, I'd type in maybe like lesbian bondage or something. And then uh, you see these tiny little like super uh, pixelated like photo like thumbnails and you click on it and I'd sit there and wait five to ten minutes <laughs> as it like slowly came into view you know and so it'd be like the one picture like I can still remember that one picture in my head with like you know very pretty looking uh girls and one of them had like a her arms were up in a spreader bar and it was like a lavender colored cuffs you know and <laughs> the girl in the bottom was squatting down with her tongue like out on her clit and I was just like oh yeah I can masturbate to this um <laughs> but yeah so you know there were no videos I didn't have any access to videos mm -hmm. whatsoever because my computer wasn't that great and the internet was terrible and it wasn't really like consolidated like it is now. There wasn't really like a Google or anything. Yeah. Um, so it was just weird. Um, so like, I don't know how I knew that's what I wanted. Um, oh, maybe like some magazines, you know, I think my girlfriend when I was younger had like her, her dad had a subscription, the Easy Rider. So I saw some of that. What's Easy was, Rider? Easy Rider is like... Um, it's a 90s 80s 90s porno mag that was uh biker bitches and like <laughs> harley davidson's and you know like naked ladies licking each other's pussies on a hairy pussies in leather add. and um, stuff yeah oh yeah and leather oh, and like yeah. on on a motorcycle you know so, I, I can see so that how that would be an influence on you. I can see, I can see the crossover. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. That like you're like all this 90s porn. I can't relate to this. I don't have weird curly hair like that. I don't have right? these gigantic fake boobs. Like, Correct. 
correct yeah <laughs> I can totally see that now where you're like oh it's like motorcycle babes licking each other's pussies <laughs> Well, I don't know. I think there was definitely an inkling there um, of being like, I want to be the one getting these pictures taken of me. Mm. You know, like I didn't look at the magazines with this horniness of like, whatever, like I want to fuck these women or anything like that. It was more like, I want to be that, you know? Yeah, Um, for sure. I felt that too when I first started looking at porn. Like the first time I saw it, um, so I dated like the same girl from seventh grade to 11th grade. I was like one of those people and wow. her family was like super forward with sex and stuff and oh, like cool. super accepting about like trans and gay stuff. So it was really great. But like, so yes. she showed me porn for the first time, I think when I was 14 and I was yeah. just so intimidated because I'm like, there's penises all over the screen. This is just <laughs> too much. I can't do this. <laughs> and then like when I was a like, younger, maybe like 11 or something, um, one of my friend's older brothers had all this porn it was all women with penises. And I was like, I, I just don't understand. But he's like, yeah, they're so fucking hot. <laughs> and it wasn't even like misgendering. It was like the most empowering yeah. thing from like some horny 14 year old boy. It's just like, that is, huh? huh. <laughs> That's awesome. So, though. I kind of love that. Right. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh, but yeah, I can totally see that because I didn't get interested in t- in porn until kind of your generation of performers because it was actually like accessible where it's like okay I don't have all these like surgeries and like this looks like a girl who I'd like literally meet at a show or something instead of it being like this huge kind of like I feel like 90s porn stars were so like out of reach it feels like yeah Like, like I met Jenna Jameson and she's like when you walk up to her you're like oh my god it's like walking up to like Britney Spears or someone like that famous you know yeah. Yeah. And honestly, that that I think was just the shift of the Internet and how how the job of being a porn star has shifted in the past. Um, I'd say really 15 years, probably. Um, because, yeah, it used to be this unattainable thing. It used to be, you know, the amount of porn stars was a pool of like 200 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you had to have this very specific look. You had to fit this specific mold. Um, you had to be in LA. You had to be in LA for sure. And, um, you know, and then you'd get an agent and he'd tell you what to do and how to look and yada, yada, yada. I mean, I could see, say even my beginning stages when I did kind of try to shop around like an agent or two or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they'd be like, uh, at the time, you know, I was, I was really light skin. They'd be like, you're too pale. You need a tan. Um, your tits are too small. You're, um, you, you know, just like stupid things, you know, yeah. because I didn't fit that mold or whatever. Um, and you know, I'm glad that it's not like that anymore, but at the same time, the way that it's changed is definitely that access that's what we were kind of talking about Mm -hmm. is like back in the day you know how do you send a message to jenna jameson or you know who else was out there like kobe ty stephanie swift Mm -hmm. um you know you don't you see them when you pay your money to go to a convention and stand in line and get to meet them and that's Mm -hmm. how you communicate with them and now like you know I'm sure we've all had it, but we get these relentless email stalkers and, um, you know, the, the toll that that takes psychologically on your mental health is, is massive. Like, I can't really understate it. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry, I can't overstate it. And so it's like, but like any other job or any other thing, you know, maybe you would say, well, change your email address or whatever. Well, I can't fucking do that because that's my business. That's how yeah. I make a living, like by people being able to reach me now. Um, and it didn't used to be like that. And so, you know, on the one hand, like there's so many positive things about it that because now I'm in control of my business, like I'm not just sitting by the phone waiting for someone to book me, please, so I can make a little bit of money. Yeah. You know, now I like own my products and um, I have so much more independence and, and control over my life because of that and that is great 
But at the same time, you know, there's that double-edged sword aspect where it's like, I can be reached 24 seven by any random person on the planet and, and people are sick. You know, they have mental illness and sickness and um, sucks, <laughs> that part of it sucks. So, you know, just like everything in life, the duality. For sure. I feel like performers are just the amount of online harassment you can get, just the amount of all that stuff. It was so just disregarded even 10 years ago of like, well, that girl left porn because she's crazy. It's never really was thought of as a mental health thing. And I think that's starting to change a little bit more. And I think that's just kind of a larger conversation that's starting to change. I mean, even things like pineapple, um, being at AVN now and different things and different campsites doing like health and wellness week. Yeah, trying to get these resources to people, I think it's just such a difference. And I think that's like really a good switch for this industry because truly, even when I started, people would burn out in the first year and a half and you would just never see them again. Yeah. There's so many sure. girls who I wish that I got their real contact info because I'm like, oh, yeah. you were so cool. We hung out like three or four times and then they're just gone because they're got burned out by the industry. And I can understand yeah. that completely but it almost just feels like people disappear into thin air. Yeah. And they're just gone. You're like, Oh, I wonder whatever happened to so-and-so, you know? Yeah. It's so true. But I think it's just like a a bigger uh, picture, you know, globally, even, I don't know. I feel like everyone's becoming like a little more woke to these issues of, Mm -hmm. uh, of mental health and how, dangerous all that stuff is and um that it needs to be paid attention to and the other thing that's really cool is that you know now now we we really do hold the power um more than ever in this industry more than ever that's so huge so it's like you know this old stereotype this cliche kind of picture people have in their heads of like what a porn director looks like you know, um, some like misogynistic, you know, gross, hairy dude with like chains around his neck, smoking Mm -hmm. a cigar or something like telling us how to fuck for a scene. It's just like, that's so old and outdated and does not exist anymore. Like it's now women and it's now, you know, um, young people uh, who are just making their own shit and we're the bosses now. And it's, that that part of empowerment is really cool because we don't have to put up with bullshit like that anymore if some nasty director is like trying to get us to do something we don't want to do we can just be like fuck you I'm out like I don't need this one job paycheck anymore you know I can go home and make more money on my fucking computer so suck my ass I think that's really (laughs) changed the whole like role of directors too and I feel like the directors you are seeing doing so well are either former performers or very performer-centric directors like um Ricky Greenwood I think is a very good example who's really focusing on what they can do with like filmmaking and the story around the performers as opposed to the other way around where a lot of directors I feel like we're just kind of filling in the slots before where they're like okay we need someone for this role let's just get some girl who will do it and who can do this, this and this totally yeah it's not right for them you know no it's just like it burns performers out it burns directors out it just yeah I feel like that there's now this giant shift I think is the best thing for the industry I think the pandemic has kind of sped it up because these studios have way less power than they do five years ago or even before the pandemic I always like to talk about EVN because when I first went to AVN, everyone's on the floor trying to hustle to get jobs. Yeah. And now everyone's at their hotel, not on the floor, shooting content and making a whole fucking movie during AVN week. And everyone's doing that. And then that stuff is getting nominated the next year. It's just like this whole cycle that like these conventions are now more about making content and making porn than the whole like networking thing as much yeah no the networking is like what you're networking with is other performers to make Mm -hmm. stuff not fucking casting directors or or, you know directors and being like please hire me in your movie it's like no I'm making the movie now who's want to make it with me you know and that's fucking awesome and just connecting with the fans and like like getting your um info out to them with cards or flyers or whatever you know taking pictures with them like when they meet you in real life and you're friendly and you hug and and all and you take pictures with them and stuff like 
that's going to create some loyalty to you. And so now they're going to be like, oh, I met her once. She's so cool. And then maybe that spreads around and gets you more people to your website, to your OnlyFans, to look at your products, you know? And like, yeah, it's, man, being the owner of the means of production is the way to go. (laughs) (laughs) You've really been on both sides of it. And that's why I think so interesting because when I first met you, you were still very much in like the whole studio model where you were like, okay, I have all these clips. When you came to Trouble Films, you're like, how can I make these into movies? Then I feel like you've literally had a basically like second career since coming to Trouble Films. And you've been releasing like amazing movies every two, three months for the last like... (laughs) How long has it been? How long have you been working with Trouble Films? At least like three, four years now, right? I don't even think it's been that long. I think it's only been um, maybe like 2019. I mean, that feels like, that feels like a decade. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, every time yeah. Um, I do this social media for Trouble Films, I'm like, every time I log on, I feel like I'm like, oh, there's a new sin lesbian movie. It's always like, fuck yes. <laughs> But yeah, do you want to talk about like kind of the differences? Like, because you started in the whole studio model and you were like very part of the way I think of it. You were definitely part of that whole like alt wave porn wave with people like, maybe you were a little bit later, but I think you were still part of it. Like with Stoya, Joanna Angel, um, Sasha Gray, like Caden Cross. Like you guys definitely changed what the face of porn was. I was definitely there with with those people for sure. I think Joanna um, was doing her thing like a little bit before I started really getting into the business. Um, can we pause for one second? I have to go. Of course. <laughs> okay. We are back. So um, yeah. yeah. So I so yeah. What was the question specifically though? <laughs> oh, I just like, I'm kind of just wondering like, what was your experience when, did you like know yeah. when you were in the middle of like that kind of cool scene of alt porn happening? That was a bigger thing. I'm assuming you probably started oh to see gosh. more people that look like you and have like similar aesthetics and similar like vibes as opposed mm-hmm. to kind of what porn was. Yeah, I mean, well, you have to think that during that time period, you know, I had a lot fewer tattoos and I think, I think I, my, my looks, it felt anyways, that my look was very much more like the girl next door Mm -hmm. um, who then would get a girl in bed and just like fuck her socks off. Um. I I, I love that for you. That's so great. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I didn't, I definitely didn't feel like a part of that club. Um, but, but also too, because, you know, uh, there was so much with when you get into, well, things are so different now, but yeah, when I got into porn and I was like, I, so I was in a relationship uh, with the man at the time mm-hmm. and we were together for nine years and it was a long relationship. And so for me, it wasn't even really a question of, am I going to do boy, girl, or am I going to do girl, girl? For me, it was like, I'm going to do porn and I don't fuck other guys besides my boyfriend. So I'm doing girls. Like it, mm-hmm. it wasn't even something I sat around and pondered about. It was just like, what, what, what I was going to do. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I've, uh, I realized my sexual identity when I was, you know, like puberty and it was like, okay, yes, girls are hot and I like <laughs> them. <laughs> um, so that to me was, was all natural. Uh, and, um, fuck, I just totally had a brain fart. I did drink oh, last you're, night. Just letting you know you're that. all good. You're all good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so, so yeah, so for me, it felt very much like I was stuck in this, um, this girl, girl thing. And I was getting a lot of fan reactions and, um, a lot of bookings for girl, girl scenes, you know, Mm -hmm. and this is without an agent. So I was just kind of like meeting the right people and then working for them. And so that was really nice. And I felt like I was making a big contribution to something different, but then in the mainstream adult media, just not seeing or feeling any reflection of that. Um, you know, like when it came to awards and stuff like that, it's like 
they gave the awards to the girls, the performers who were doing all the scenes, including yeah. the boy girl scenes. Mm-hmm. And I even had like an agent tell me that one time that I was talking to, not my agent, but I was talking mm-hmm. to him and he's just like, well, you know, yeah, you can come in and just do girl, girl, if you want, but you're not going to get very much work because if, if I'm going to hire, if I have a girl, girl scene, I'm going to hire the girl that does all these boy, girl scenes for me and then just throw her a girl, girl scene. And I was like, well, that's not fair at all. And that sounds really stupid, but that's like how the way that they were thinking at that time. And um, so I just never felt like from the industry any sort of recognition whatsoever it was really just from individual emails I'd get from women usually or couples sometimes you know but is even to this day it's more rare that a um that a man emails me and is like wow you know you've changed my life or whatever (laughs) but I get emails like that from women constantly um Mm -hmm. So that, that to me, I mean, honestly, that's like the most rewarding thing. And it makes me feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose in life to inspire people to like live their truth and um, just live for themselves and passionate about what they love and want. Um, But, you know, when you work in an industry for so long and it's, you know, most of your life, uh, it becomes most of a big part of your identity it's like to get that sort of recognition from your peers, um, from the industry in which you work, like it was something that I definitely wanted, but had just felt like that's not for me. Like I'll never get that. Um, so how many Avian awards did you get before you finally broke through and won? Cause I want to <laughs> talk about that. Oh, you mean like nominations before I Yeah. Finally- like how many years did you yeah. go in a row? Was it like a thing that was building over like five, six years or was it? Yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say probably I started getting a little more recognition when, uh, well, at least in the form of nominations when I started working for Bella, uh, well with for Belladonna cause she was already so established as such a big name and yeah, you know, she was as big as you could honestly get in the 2000s I mean yeah I don't know if she wasn't making that stuff I don't know if I would have been as drawn to porn as I was just because like her porn like as I brought up with strap dykes with you before like that stuff was just so intense and I feel like most lesbian porn I was seeing was super vanilla and it's just like fingering in a bedroom scene but like yeah it was like you and Bobby Starr just like straight up destroying girls with a strap on it was just like damn this is the kind of sex I have. This is the stuff I want to see in porn. Yeah. So you were like five years in. I'm sure you're probably pretty frustrated with the industry at that point, to at least some level where you're like, yeah, okay. I mean, just, just in that regard, I was just like, oh, well, whatever. Like, I'm not even going to go to these things or I'm not really going to pay attention to nominations. I'm just going to be like, well, that's cool that they thought that scene was worth nominating. But, you know, I was like, mm. and then, you know, like, I think the first uh, AVN actual awards show that I went to and sat down and watched the awards mm-hmm. show, like what won the best girl girl scene was Jesse Jane with Belladonna in that Pirates parody movie. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's like a million dollar porno, right? Right. <laughs> and then I kind of like, you know, they play little bits and clips from the scene mm-hmm. and like, see Belladonna, I, I knew her, like she was, she was just like a sexual (laughs) dynamo. Like she was just, she exuded it. Like she was curious about it constantly. Um, You know, every new sort of thing she learned about an individual, it was like her eyes went wide with wonder and she, you know, she just like had a, she was magical with it. And so I know she was, she was like really into it and stuff. Um, But the little clip bit that I saw it just seemed like so over the top and I could just picture how that scene went down and the directors are like okay now you guys get in the scissor position and like really go for it (laughs) you know and then they're probably like okay cut all right what are we gonna have you guys do next well we need to see some penetration so make sure you're putting your fingers in her like this way you know I mean just yeah I could see that happening um and that's all cool and stuff, but it's like the type of scenes that I was doing was, it's not that shit. And they're not for like million dollar movies. Um, but it was definitely with a, just a passion and authenticity. 
that made it just fun and feel good and real for me and the scene. And so I, I guess probably I would just like be going for what's going to feel real and fun and good for me. Mm-hmm. And as long as it's doing that for me, then I know that whoever's going to be watching it is going to get that from it too. So that was kind of like what I was going to do with my performances, regardless of whether that was going to win me an award or not, you know? Um, so I kind of just given up on all that. And even when I got that first moment, the, um, even when I got that nomination for best girl, girl scene, that was my first time being nominated for Mm -hmm. just a girl, girl scene. Um, and it was very exciting. And I remember when I finished making that scene, I said, you know, if I've ever done a scene that was going to win an award, like that was the scene. Like I said that to Danny, like as we finished the sex. Um, So then I got nominated and I was like, and there's this little like (laughs) flicker of hope in my heart. Like what? Maybe I could. And then, (laughs) and then the rational part of my brain was like, no girl, no. Yeah. There's like, there's 15 other scenes nominated. There's porn all around the world with bigger budgets. Like yeah, yeah not, I can not, see. Not for you, Sin, not for you. Um, so even like when it when it happened, um was, I was, it at the, was that the hard rock or was that another hotel? It was at the hard rock. Um it's 2013. 2013. Yeah. And um yeah, I think they had moved to the hard rock 2012 was the first year. Hmm. And um yeah, so I was not in the room. <laughs> what? You weren't been, in the room? No, I had been, um, you know, obviously I've been drinking <laughs> as one does there. And definitely anxiety drinking, a very real thing there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, okay, I need to be okay with just talking to all these people. <laughs> um, and so I was, I had left my little, I had like a little cover jacket thing and it was my mom's mm-hmm. and I had left it at like a bar top somewhere and I was like, oh shit, I better go get this. And so I was like, this doesn't matter. I'm not going to win. I, I left the room. I went to go find mm-hmm. my jacket. I was walking back to the the room, to the uh, amphitheater place. And, um, and my phone went off at the time I was getting Twitter notifications still. And I looked down at my phone and it said uh, from porn star tweet, it was like, oh, since age Danny Daniels won best girl girl scene. And oh I was God. like, what? And then I run into the room and Danny's on stage and she was like, where is she? Where's Sin? You know? And I, man, if you would have been there, it was hilarious. <laughs> I, um, I started running down the side of the aisle with my hands waving in the air. And I was like, I'm here, I'm here. <laughs> oh my God, hilarious. I'm such a goofball and nerd. Um, so yeah, so I ran down there and I, I feel like someone was sitting in the front row that I knew and I just like handed her my purse and I was like, here, can you watch this? You know, and I ran up on stage and Danny grabs me and kisses me. And, and yeah, it was, I mean, it was really like, it sounds really fucking stupid to say this now, but yeah, it was like a little dream of mine and it was coming true in that moment. I, I mean, I think people good. need to take AVN as a more serious thing in a way like the world does because yeah. like I was watching the Olympics. And I was just like, huh, I wonder how many Olympics there have been. And like, there's been like 30, there's been 37 AVN awards. Wow. Like that's what I'm saying. Like there's been a line of sex workers since the mid eighties, all the way until now that you can draw a complete line from every single, basically every single major porn scene and film and performer for over like 30, nearly 40 years. Yeah. I think that you did that is like a huge accomplishment and like, it should be treated a hundred percent that way. So what did you do to celebrate that? So you got your like purse back I'm assuming (laughs) I'm assuming you knew the person I did I did it all all that worked out um (laughs) yeah it just just being able to stand up on the stage and honestly like people were cheering really hard and it's all my it's it's not fans you know or whatever it's it's all of us yeah it's all all the peers yeah and um I like to think that you know all the women that I had worked with and done scenes with were like happy for me in that moment you know um 
it felt great. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, celebrate, you know, I think we just went, went to the circle bar and I was just smiling so hard, <laughs> I'm sure. And just having drinks and people were friendly and, you know, it was, a, it was a really good night. It was really cool. And, um, it felt good to, yeah, like finally get that recognition. And I will say like, I, I feel like the, the very next year, 2014, mm -hmm. that was the first year that they had a, they've always had, you know, performer of the year category, but that's of course going to go to those girls that do everything. Um, mm -hmm. and so 2014 was the first year that they had an all girl performer of the year category. And, um, that I feel like has shown like a big shift, um, to get to having that recognition be a mm -hmm. little more that there's more of it now um, for the for the people who get in the industry and do amazing things but do it in this one area you know um, and I feel like it's amazing like what you've done Chelsea for um, for you. trans performers in this industry like you've really led the charge uh, to get rid of outdated and um, transphobic titles and wording and um uh to to bring that into categories at avia and other award shows too that like in the same kind of way like here are other performers that do amazing things and we don't have a space for them to get recognition yeah. and it's like now those spaces are being made and it just makes my heart so happy <laughs> yeah i think that's a really cool thing about avn because if you look through the history of it it constantly evolves and changes and gets bigger yeah. and adds awards and stuff and i think that's a really cool thing about it more i think the biggest thing yeah that there you can get nominated as a trans person for non-trans awards now i think mm -hmm. that's just like the coolest thing like if you would have told me when i first moved out to sf when i was working campsites for kink.com and stuff that you yeah. can get nominated for BDSM stuff. I'm like, no idea that was possible. Right. So now it's like, oh, okay, now, cool. It's kind of weird now close. getting um tomorrow night, I'm nominated for award in LA and for a trans award. And it's the first trans award I've been nominated for in like five years. So wow. now it's a little bit strange to be like, oh, okay, I'm back in this category. It's fine. <laughs> but um yeah, so you've obviously seen so much change in porn. Like, do you do you like it more now that you have basically total control over what happens with your films and stuff? Or did you kind of like it more where you could just focus on being solely a performer? Uh, that's, that is, <laughs> that's such a great question. Um, and there's, you know, just a couple ways of looking at it. Uh, overall, you know, now I have a life where I am able to put away, um, like, it's like I have a future, I feel like, you know what mm. I mean? It's this, the way that the industry is now, the way I'm running my business now is sustainable, uh, even as I age and, you know, as things go forward, like now I have something I own, um, but it is fucking so much more work. Uh, For real. So, <laughs> so yeah, like, uh, the days when I was able to, to, you know, pay my bills and just go to set and do the job and go home. And that was it. Like <laughs> that was fucking sweet. That was nice. Um, and when I went into this day, you know, sometimes I, I still like doing, getting hired, um, from studios because mm -hmm. it, it still kind of is that it's like, I go there, they do my makeup. They tell me what to say. They tell me. <laughs> yeah where to go and then I just do my sex thing and I'm like see you guys later and it's great but uh then I go home and I have to fucking sit down on the computer for hours and hours and hours on end and answer emails and do posts and you know schedule shoots and oh my gosh I mean the list goes on obviously you know but mm -hmm. so it's a lot harder now and it's a lot more work and life is a lot more complicated you know it was a lot it was a lot more simple you know 10 15 years ago but I feel like it's it's just so fucking worth it I mean you asked me do I like it better now of course hell yes I've got the control I don't have to rely on others for my income really like I could move to you know I, I hope to someday I can move back in my van you know and travel yeah. around the country like I don't and still maintain my income and and you know I can live wherever I want and I don't have to be 
eastbound to Las Vegas or Los Angeles. Um, and just do do what I want with my life, really have the control over my own life. So it is, it's it's a net benefit. It's it's much better overall. <laughs> yeah. I I think that's really one of the beautiful things about trouble films and like what we've kind of done to curate these different artists that like we can shoot porn anywhere basically send a finished movie to Courtney and they'll be like, okay, yeah, I can have it up in the next day or so. And then yeah. there's a movie live. And then yep. like before it just felt like there was so many steps of like, okay, you show up for this shoot, you do it. You might hear about it in like four or five months. It might oh, be released. Yeah. yeah. Like you'll at best, see it on but... Twitter. Like though this movie's coming out and you're like, sweet. And also we'll... I feel like <laughs> with all the studios, there's so much like creative control the studios want to have over you. And with trouble yeah. films, it's like, Courtney has you here because we want the most sense age stuff or with my stuff they know what they're getting you know like yeah 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 I feel no, like that's... I love that it's so funny too because um as I was like opening up all my clip stores and stuff like that and I I just was thinking this is how it all got started with trouble films I was just kind mm-hmm. of like I want to talk to Courtney because I think AVN was coming up and we were like yeah we're gonna do this and this and this and like we're gonna meet up and I was like, can we do dinner maybe? And I just want to pick your brain about how you started your own studio. And I'm like, I want to do that too. Um, and what, what does it take for me to do that? And Courtney was like, well, why don't you just, just all you need to do is just distribute your films through someone and that could be me. So there you go. You have your own studio. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's all it takes. <laughs> yeah that's like the um, stuff about trouble films yeah. I love because it's just like so DIY and it's like oh yeah we can do yes. this it's no problem yes and it's just and like it, oh yeah you make porn on your own of course yeah you do it yourself anyway so just yeah then take take the scenes you've made compile a few of the ones you really like that maybe have sort of a, run, a running theme of some kind and then now you have a movie and <laughs> put it out and then Courtney does all the um you know they do like all the marketing and they kind of like make everything look neat and pretty and box covers and stuff like that. And I'm just, all I have to do is give them the art that I've made, the work that I've made. And, and, um, they, they tie it up with a fancy little bow and make it awesome. So I, it's great. I'm so happy about it. And two, um, just talking about like queer porn, you know, I know how I kind of got my start a lot too, is a lot of sweetheart video stuff and, and I think that, well, I believe that that is not um, girl, girl for the male gaze. Like to me, the stuff we were doing there is not for that, but it is like very pretty and very, very uh, cis and very, very like vanilla. Yeah. And, but I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like a bisexual girl, you know, um, that never felt right to me. And when I thought about queer porn and the concept of all that, I was like, that's the club I want to be in, you know, <laughs> like, how do I get in that club? How do I get people to see me as that? Um, and so that was kind of how, like, I, I first approached Courtney the first time I ever met them, like, which was a long time ago. <laughs> and um, I was like, I just really want to, I want to prove myself that I, that I am, <laughs> that I'm part of this crew, this you know, this group. Um, and so being able to, to not only, you know, be in that crew, but to be now making movies and films that represent it, um, truly super fulfilling for me and really rewarding. And like, I kind of feel that I've achieved a lot of what I set out to, to do with that. Yeah, I feel like when you were first working with Courtney occasionally, like the view from Trouble Films, like being within it at the time, we were like, oh, wow, we have like a superstar who's like interested in our stuff. And then when you like fully came in, like it was just so easily integrated where it was just like, oh, yeah, since just part of this now. And it's just like, oh, yeah, since Sage might occasionally text me. It's totally cool. But like right after we worked together, like the first few times I you texted me or called me or whatever, like my roommate was a super fan of you. So we're all like, oh. Sin's texting us right now. <laughs> so it's like this like amazing thing that we've had that it's like, wow, you're like really fully in and just like part of the group now where it's like, oh yeah, there's Lita, there's Sin, there's Yay. Toby in Seattle. Like, 
Oh, see, and I love that. Yeah. I love that so much too. A hundred percent. Yeah. And there's like, you know, we have space for each other to bounce ideas off or be creative. Like, I just, I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) And I love that like the stuff we make doesn't have to fit. It doesn't have to check off like all these boxes. You know what I'm saying? It it can be whatever, be it's like truly like there's an amount of people that no matter what you're going to put out, people are going to buy. Like there's diehard yes. Sage fans who are going to buy whatever. Or be oh, like, if sure. Sin's doing it, it's probably going to be pretty hot. Or vice versa with like anyone else, like Lido or myself, where it's like you build up a fan base over time that you know there's going to be the interest in it no matter what you do. And I feel like so many of these big yeah. studios get into these things where they're like, we have to do exactly like this, 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 or we're going to lose Thank all you. of our money. And that's how they operate as a company. And it's crazy. And it's getting worse, which is so weird. I feel like, I feel like we're showing that like, it's, it's better to not, not feel like you have to do that, but no, it's getting worse. Like they're, they're the way they're doing even their castings now. Isn't Mm -hmm. like who, who is the most authentic, who makes the fieriest sex scenes. It's like, who has the most followers on Twitter and Instagram? That's who we (laughs) want to put in our scenes. And it's like, that's a terrible way to cast a movie. It really is. <laughs> like, but I think that's why studios are dying because they are not making good decisions. They're like throwing yeah. money at crazy shit, being unorganized and yeah. just thinking, well, porn's oh. always worked this way. So it's going to continue working this way. Yes. And they're so fucking wrong. <laughs> they're like the same people in the 90s who are like DVDs. It's all it's ever going to be. This internet thing's just yes. a passing fad. Yeah, right. <laughs> passing fad. Yeah. <laughs> So you've kind of shot all over, like you've done LA stuff, you've done content trade, you travel in a van all around the country. Where's your favorite like place or city to shoot? Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe I do really like, I do really love Seattle. Um, it's cool up there. Freaking. I don't know. When I think about shooting, um, okay, well, I love Vegas because it is all, there's all, there's so much work, but mm-hmm. it's all like, oh God, there's just, it feels like there's thousands of people who are ready and happy to do some content trade. <laughs> yeah. It seems like there's more than a thousand even oh, like God, every day I talk, every time I talk to Lita, they're like, yeah, like 20 people are trying to shoot with me right now. And I don't yeah. want to answer most of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that too, it was just like the trans performer pools, so many. And, and so that was what was so, um, just going there and being like, oh my gosh, I have access to all this variety of people, uh, yeah. I was super into that. And I just, I didn't exactly think about making a trans lesbian movie as a concept, like right off the bat, mm-hmm. I just started like hitting up performers on Twitter and being like, let's do a scene together. And everyone was super into it. And then I was just like, wait, I could do another one and another one. And then like, hey, look, I got a movie. <laughs> That's so, like definitely how I feel like most movies happen at Trouble Films where it's like, oh, I already have two movies with this vague theme. Oh, I should just yeah. shoot one more. That's a movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. So yeah. So yeah, since trans lesbian lovers, go get it if you haven't yet. You should. Um, it's really, really good. Highly yeah. suggest. And just such um, a such a joy, like making those scenes and working with these just like awesome women and love it <laughs> so so Vegas has been great uh it's been you know business wise it's been um incredible really incredible but my favorite cities are you know more like Pacific Northwest and hmm. um like Austin I love Austin and- have you been to Vancouver um BC before yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's one of my favorite cities on the west I, coast. I love it's it so there beautiful. too it's really cool and and yeah gorgeous pacific northwest man i'm all about it up there it's so nice. i i feel you with the vegas shooting though especially like during avn week when you're shooting oh and you gosh. know there's hundreds of other people shooting at the same time just oh, like yeah. that energy oh. is one of my favorite things yeah it does feel good avn feels good um I, I miss it a little bit, but it's 2023, <laughs> hopefully fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. People <laughs> get your fucking vaccines. Let's get over this shit. <laughs> it's yeah. That's, that's oh. why I'm going to the award show tomorrow in LA just because I'm like, okay, this might be the only red carpet in a three year span. So I'm like, yeah. I just want to go 
appreciate it for a second. That's about it. Like everything else with it. So I have two more questions for you. Thank you so much for talking to me and taking your afternoon. Of course. Um, So you've obviously accomplished a lot in your career so far. Is there anything that you still want to accomplish that you haven't so far? Or do you just want to continue doing what you're doing? Um, it's a good question. It, it is hard when you, uh, like set up, set these various goals for yourself and you achieve them and then you continue forward and you achieve the next one and stuff like that. And then you, it's really difficult. Yeah. And then, and then we're kind of like, okay, well now what, what's next? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that, uh, you know, as of now, I'm still mainly, um, shooting, scenes and and where I am the performer you know in every scene Mm -hmm. I'm one of the performers um I like to think that there will come a point where as long like if I'm putting my name on it I can shoot two other people and um you know with my direction and the things that I make of notes to them and stuff like that and with uh, my husband Drake's like just beautiful videography that I absolutely amazing love. videography yeah yeah he's just so good um that I can make quality content lesbian content um that people would be interested in seeing just that has my brand on it you know but not necessarily me as a performer in it um so just coming like I don't know just as the years go by, just sort of racking my brain with different kinds of ideas of things that, that might sell, but um, probably lesbian stuff, you know, I'm just, that's my jam. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, the- I feel like a lot of people would be so down with like you directing a lesbian series because I feel like your brand yeah. of like lesbian porn is so specific. I hope so. <laughs> like, I, I honestly can't name any other like lesbian performer who's like specifically known for their strap-on work like honestly I feel like it's like you and that's like kind of about it like I can't like picture any other like lesbian performer who I'm like oh yeah they're like the best with a (laughs) strap-on truly yeah I know I've tried thinking uh those same thoughts and I'm like I I don't know (laughs) yeah I'm like okay yeah (laughs) yeah like I've seen little clips and bits you know all over the internet and I'm like uh nope terrible can't do it (laughs) Mm-mm. like and you know yeah part of me wants to make a how-to movie or like an instructional video but then at the same time I'm like nah maybe you not. should get master class to pay you and yes! that, that's what it should legitimately be I feel like you're like valid on that type of level with strap on that you yeah, should get master class yeah. money yeah I agree let's, let's or maybe a up. TED talk yes <laughs> so I have one more question this is kind of the out there question but I ask it to end every single podcast okay let's say you woke up tomorrow and one thing about porn could magically be changed what would it be oh my gosh one thing about porn could magically be changed Hmm. That's really hard. I feel like I, I should have uh, had gotten that question ahead of time. Oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. I thought I did. I, I can tell you mine if you, if you want me to buy some time for you. I totally can. Okay. Um, I, hold on. Let me let me hold on. Okay. Hold on. No worries. <laughs> sorry to put you on the spot there. No, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I, I, uh, I guess for me, it's the there's still there's still some uh, well, it kind of feels like it's going away a little bit these days but there's still some homophobia and um transphobia in porn Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of misunderstandings about the testing um and what it means when you refuse to work with someone for a a reason like that is more that you think that the integrity of certain types of people is somehow less than the integrity of you know straight cis performers mm-hmm. who of which i've known some straight cis performers that you know get a test and then go off and bang civilians without condoms and then go work with someone else the next day on um, their their test is still good but they for mm-hmm. some reason think that if someone's like 
a, a trans performer or a crossover performer or something like that, that they don't have, that they're more dangerous somehow. Um, yeah. For why? <laughs> like, it's so confusing. When I used I, to work at the Armory, that stuff came up a lot. And it's just like, what are you talking about? It's so ill-informed. It's such mm-hmm. an outdated way of thinking. Um, you know, if you're going to trust that test from that straight cis performer, then you have no reason not to trust that same test. Um, and I've known performers who will be like, uh, I will only work with someone with a three-day test or whatever. Cool. Do that then. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but to just completely like count someone out for um, not being straight, I think is, it's just, what are you, what are you thinking? Like, I don't yeah, understand. <laughs> really wild, outdated stuff that still somehow exists in this industry. Yeah, I'd get rid of that for sure. I think that's a very good answer. <laughs> well, thank you so hey, much. What's for your talk- answer? No, tell me yours. Oh, okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so I think all of this content trade being more important is going in like more powerful and the studio's failing. I would speed that up like three or four years. So it just happens now because I think it's going to solve a lot of the other issues in porn. I think it's going to solve issues around like um, diversity. I think it's going to solve issues around transphobia, all that sort of stuff. But I also feel like we are now seeing some of the issues with content trade. Like there's been some fake tests going around Vegas that people are doing. Like fake STI tests and stuff where people are... Yeah, and shooting, well, they might have something because they feel like they have to continue shooting content to keep up their website or their OnlyFans or whatever. Wow, yeah. Yeah, oh, you haven't heard about that stuff? You know, I sometimes I kind of live in a bubble and I just need a little, I need someone to be like, hey, look, this is going on. And I'm like, oh, fuck, obviously, yeah. You know? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's specifically with Twitter and the adult industry, like you can definitely be in a bubble and just like one, one group hears about it and another doesn't, but yeah, for sure. But I mean, it makes sense a bit. I mean, what you're talking about too, listen, it all comes down to fucking capitalism, man. All right. (laughs) (laughs) It fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And just like, yeah, poverty and and labor and the difficulties with all that and the fucking co- the still cost of living that just keeps skyrocketing the absolute disregard for mental illness the hustle culture um you know something that i think more people need to be made aware of is that when people say you know oh sex workers you know whatever you just chose the easiest fucking thing in the world that you could do and you don't know what hard work is and you don't know how to work and yada yada yada, yada right it's just like a lot of people in this world struggle and suffer from conditions that look invisible to you. Mm-hmm. And that, that callousness uh, with people's existence, I just, I'm fucking sick of it. You know, there, there's a reason why a lot of us, a, a lot of people work in sex industry have, you know, like chronic illness and mental illness and um, all the kinds of shit like that, where it's like, you know, like I have a sleep disorder. So no, I can't be at work ready to go at eight o'clock in the morning every day. That would be impossible. I would lose my job so fast because I can't do that. Um, you know, I know, I actually, I know personally four performers who uh, struggle with like lupus and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I told one of them that, and she was like, that doesn't surprise me at all. That's why that's why we get into sex work because then we're able to work around our disabilities really um, mm-hmm. and our dysfunctions because it's our own schedule and it's what we're able to do when we're able to do it. Um, and we can take the time off when we are sick in ways that traditional uh, work will not allow for. And they'd rather have you be living in a hovel on the sidewalk than yep. doing sex work and actually thriving and taking care of yourself and paying taxes and contributing. Uh, it's just such a mind fuck. <laughs> I honestly, um, the more I've done this podcast, I've actually realized there's a way more of a connection between athletes and sex workers in a way where mm-hmm. this is a lot of people's way out of poverty or their yeah. bad situation where they lived growing up. Like yes. this is a lot of people's way out. And I think- yes 
porn gets painted as this thing of like, oh, like these people are like mini celebrities and stuff, but it's also ignoring just like how people kind of generalize athletes and be like, oh, well, they're rich and famous. It doesn't matter. It ignores where these people come from to get out of their situations. And just like athletes, I feel like we're the ones who are getting criticized over every little thing online and social media and harassment. And then when we do say, oh, we're having mental health issues, it's just like, oh, you're crazy. You're you know, yeah, or it's like, well, obviously, look what you do for a living. Yeah, you know? exactly. And I it's will just say, like- and it is like what you're what you're talking about with athletes, and that's really insightful. Um, but the difference with us is that, add on top of that, you know, two thousand years of body shaming and sex shaming and um, and uh, misogyny and all that shit. Yeah, you know, throw that into the mix as well, and then now you have people who just like fucking hate us. Yeah. And we'll pick up a gun and go and fucking murder us. Yeah. (laughs) It has definitely happened, but yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I've done with this podcast is just, there's so many ways and reasons why people get into sex work. And it's just not a really one size fits all thing, which I think so many people assume because so many people are like, Oh, if you're in porn, you have to live in Vegas. You have to live in LA and you get paid to shoot and that's your life. And it's just, there's so many different ways and different we couldn't do anything else they think we're lazy because we don't want to work hard because what work hard looks like to them is not what work hard looks like to us and Mm -hmm. also it's not like we're just fucking all the time that's like (laughs) such a tiny little portion of the job (laughs) like tiny little portion of the job like it's so much fucking work it's crazy work but yeah yeah but thank you so much for like talking about all this with me, Sin. Like it was so insightful just to hear about your experiences getting into porn because obviously I knew of your work from like the mid 2000s stuff, but just hearing how you got into it and how you kind of viewed yourself during all of that and the frustration before finally winning AVN, like uh. <laughs> truly that's like a heartwarming thing. And I feel like that those are kind of stories I love uncovering on this thing, this podcast, uh, well, because it's just... It's- my pleasure, my total pleasure to be here. And thank you so much for asking me to. I'm yeah, do you happy, want to, happy to do it anytime. <laughs> do you want to give um, people the plugs to all your social media and stuff before we go? Yeah, definitely. So uh, first place where I'd really love everyone to start is sin-sage.com. Um, that's my homepage. Uh, it's where you can find out information about my custom videos and you can find out um, my newest uh, movies that I've released through Trouble Films. Like those are all sold on my website, sin-sage.com. And that's sin with two N's. And then um, my OnlyFans, of course, for now, I've got my OnlyFans uh, trying to find the effort and energy and time to start up with a different um, fan site. But for now, please go there and sign up. It's uh, OnlyFans.com slash SinSage. And I am on that thing all the time. And I post like a stupid amount of content for a super low price. So hope you will check that out. And then um, please find me on Twitter at SinSage. On Instagram, I'm at RealSinSage. On Reddit, I'm... I have a subreddit. It's r slash sensage. Wow. I didn't know and you had I'm, a subreddit. That's impressive. Yes. And I am you slash real sensage. And then, um, and then please check out my clip stores, uh, sensage.manyvids.com and sensagedreams.com. That's my clips for sale store. And I feel like those are all of the main things. Did I leave anything out? <laughs> I think that's everything. Please check out all of Sin's work. They're such an amazing performer. And yeah, just all the stuff you've been producing the last few years, truly like magical, perfect lesbian content. So if anyone wants some amazing lesbian porn, highly, highly suggest. Thank you so much, Sin. Thank you. Thank you.